0: This is the Chamber Chat Podcast, the show dedicated to chamber professionals to spark ideas and to get actionable tips and strategies to better serve your members and community. And now your host, he believes that chambers are the most important resource for small businesses. He's my dad, Brandon Burton. Hello, Chamber Champions. Thank you for joining us today on Chamber Chat Podcast. This is a continuation of our 2021 ACCE Chamber of the Year finalist series and this episode it's numbered as episode 142 and I I mentioned that only as a a point of reference because of our guest today is uh, Derek Miller who is actually on Chamber Chat Podcast back on episode 32 so 110 episodes ago um But here on Chamber Chat Podcast, it's my goal to introduce you to people and ideas to better help you serve your chamber members and your community. And our title sponsor for Chamber Chat Podcast is Holman Brothers Membership Sales Solutions. Is your chamber struggling to drive the revenue it needs to support your initiatives? It's a common problem and one that our new title sponsor, Holman Brothers Membership Sales Solutions, knows a lot about. Doug and Bill Holman aren't just sales consultants. They're real life chamber guys with 20 plus years of chamber leadership experience. They know how to diagnose and solve member recruiting issues faster and better than anyone else. And they're ready to put that knowledge to work for you and your chamber. Call the Holman Brothers today at 619-852-1391 or check them out at holmanbros.com. That's H-O-L-M-A-N-B-R-O-S dot com. As I mentioned just a minute ago, our guest for this episode is Derek Miller, and Derek is the president and CEO of the Salt Lake Chamber of Commerce, and he is on the podcast today to uh, to represent the Salt Lake Chamber in their bid for Chamber of the Year. Uh, Derek, in addition to serving as president and CEO of the Salt Lake Chamber of Commerce, he also serves as chairman of the Inland Port Authority, which is leading development of the Global Trade Hub to serve the Western United States. Previously, Derek served as the president and CEO of the World Trade Center uh, at the World Trade Center, Utah, helping to promote prosperity across the state by attracting investment and increasing exports. He also served as Chief of Staff to Governor Herbert and was Managing Director of the Governor's Office of Economic Development for Governor Huntsman. In recognition of his leadership, Governor Huntsman lauded Derek as an architect of economic opportunity and innovation and instrumental in transforming Utah into one of the most competitive and fastest growing economies in the country. Derek began his career in Washington, D.C. as a management consultant with Arthur Anderson as legal legal counsel and in the U.S. House of Representatives. He is a graduate of the J. Reuben Clark Law, uh, Law School and holds a Master of Public Administration from the Romney Institute of Public Management at Brigham Young University. Derek and his wife, Laura, live in Salt Lake City with their three children and they enjoy spending time together exploring Utah's countless natural wonders. Derek, it's good to have you back with me here on Chamber Chat Podcast. If you would, take a moment to say hello to all the Chamber Champions out there listening and share something interesting about yourself so we can all get to know you a little better.
1: Well, thank you, Brandon. It's it's really a, a privilege to be back on the podcast and a pleasure to join you this morning specifically in relation to the salt lake chambers uh, selection as one of the finalists for chamber of the year uh we're we're honored by that selection looking forward to to the announcement um shortly on on who moves out of that finalist category um i suppose it's a cliche to say it's just an honor to be nominated (laughs) (laughs) but but it really does feel that way. I mean, I can tell you, we, we had our board meeting this week and we were able to share with our board members uh, the selection and, and they were just thrilled like we are. And it's a recognition of the great work from our, from our team here, especially under trying and difficult circumstances that we've all been laboring under this past year and a half with the pandemic. So something interesting about me, uh, that your, your introduction that you were given is a little bit dated. My wife and I are, are now uh, officially empty nesters. Our our youngest is a college student, uh, but but we're not quite on our own yet. We do have two dogs, uh, <laughs> so we uh, li- living as we do in Salt Lake City, nestled in the in the middle of the beautiful Wasatch Mountain range. We love to get out on the trails with our with our dogs, and uh, I was out there early this morning. One of the beautiful things about living in the mountains is, even though it gets to be a hundred degrees on a hot summer day, it still cools down into the 60s at night. So if you if you get up early, you can get a nice brisk 12 mile mountain bike ride in with with your dog leading the way, and that's it's a beautiful life when you can do that.
0: That is great. You're making everybody jealous as they're listening, <laughs> talking about the the great great things that Utah has to offer. Um, So I'd like for you to take a moment just to share with us some more about the Salt Lake chamber, just to kind of give us some perspective as to the type of chamber you are size, budget, staff, that sort of thing. I recall from uh, when we had you on the show before that you guys kind of operate more as like a state chamber as far as the size and everything, but um, go ahead and tell us more about the Salt Lake chamber.
1: Yeah, you're, you're absolutely right, Brandon. Um, the way that we like to articulate it is that we're capital city by name, but we're statewide by our our mission and our reach. Uh, we have members across the entire state of Utah in all 29 of our counties, from north to south, and uh, that really is is uh, by virtue of the fact that we are are the state's. Uh, largest and longest standing business association in fact the salt lake chamber predates utah as a state i don't know that there are many chambers that can say that uh, but but we're 138 years old still vibrant still evolving changing and innovating along the way um, and uh we we're, we're proud of the fact that that really where we focus is on on advocating for sound public policy. And so in that regard, we really do function as a statewide chamber. Uh, You know, there's been consideration in the past and people sometimes ask us if we ought not to change our name to the Utah chamber, but there's so much rich history in in the legacy and and the name that uh, that probably won't happen at least during my, my tenure. But we're, we're an organization of about, uh, on any given day, roughly 50 people. And the organization um, is made up of a, of a few different operating units. So we have the core of our work, which is, of course, you know chamber work. But we also house um, a group called the Whitman's Business Center, which is in partnership with the Small Business Administration at the federal level. Uh, we house a group called the Downtown Alliance which is really uh, the best way I could describe the Downtown Alliance is it really is the chamber for Salt Lake City. So Salt Lake City proper, you know, things that a a local city chamber would be focused on. That's what the Downtown Alliance does. Um, And and then we have uh, our foundation, the Utah Community Builder Foundation, we also house the statewide chamber association. So the Utah Association of Chambers is part of the Salt Lake Chamber, as well as a group that we call the Utah Policy Coalition. That's uh, where all of the local and regional chambers come together on, on policy issues. The Salt Lake Chamber is the functionary of that. Um, and uh, I'm trying to think if I missed anybody. We, the Women's Leadership Institute uh, is part of part of the chamber. And um, then we have a couple, I'll just mention very quickly, a couple of, of state, also statewide organizations that began at the Salt Lake Chamber were incubated and have since spun out of the chamber, but we were still very closely aligned. There are sister organizations. One of them is the World Trade Center, uh, Utah, that you mentioned in your introduction where I used to work. And then the other is um, our EDC. Uh, Economic Development Corporation of Utah began at the Salt Lake Chamber and now is uh, a, a standalone nonprofit, but a, a very closely aligned to what we do.
0: That's always great when you can see these these programs that entities that can spin off of the chamber. And I mean, you guys have a lot of moving parts there as it is. And to be able to, to kind of incubate something, have it grow some legs and take off and be a thing of its own is, is something special. Um well, as we get into our discussion today, we'll we'll focus the majority of our our conversation around the programs that were on your your uh, application for Chamber of the Year. So, uh, highlighting your response in the, the COVID nineteen pandemic is is how the chamber handled that, and um, and your other program, which I know has to do with around workforce. So, we'll get into that discussion as soon as we get back from this quick break. Are you looking for a year-round, affordable and timely shop local campaign for your chamber or CVB? Look no further. Build a custom eat, shop, play mobile app with App My Community by visiting app.mycommunity.com/chamberchat. App My Community mobile apps are not just simple membership directory listings; they provide many more capabilities to engage with your community. Provide your residents with a robust events calendar, partner with a local fair, festival, or farmer's market to provide a schedule, map, and other resources to promote the event. Run a Small Business Saturday campaign any time of the year using built-in scavenger hunts. Allow your membership to communicate directly to their customers via push notifications. Your App My Community mobile app will be a unique member benefit, allow you to generate non-dues revenue with sponsorship opportunities, and best of all, provide a valuable resource to your community. Please visit AppmyCommunity.com slash chamber chat now to receive 10% off your first year of an App My Community mobile app. All right, Derek, we are back. Um, as I mentioned before the break, we'll we'll dive into the the two program synopsis that were on your application for chamber of the year and as i know everybody was supposed to you know put a a program or their response to the covid pandemic why don't we start there and and have you tell us how how your area was was impacted and and how the chamber responded
1: well you know it was interesting i'll just mention on a personal level every time Uh, there was a a sort of a sense of doom or gloom around this pandemic. I would remind myself that every single person in the world was going through it, that nobody was immune from it. Nobody was uh, unaffected by it. And that's just an interesting thing. I mean, I don't know, Brandon, if there's ever been a time, at least in modern history, that you could say that uh, something like that. that that we were all going through. Now, uh, obviously, different people were impacted in different ways and some more severely. And sadly, many lost their lives. But just by virtue of the the fact that we were all going through the pandemic, I think binds us together as chambers, because uh, we all had, although a unique mission in some ways, because of the unique communities that we work in. uh, But we also had a common mission, which was in essence, saving the economy. I mean, I don't know that there's any better way than you can save it uh, or say it other than that chambers around the country were busy, engaged in the most important work of our lifetime, which was saving the local economies of our different communities, but collectively saving the economy of our country. And although I know we're not out of the pandemic yet, as far as it relates to the economy, I'd say job well done, job well done to every single chamber out there, large or small, um, because we see the economy uh, strong, again, getting stronger every day. And although we have challenges, those challenges are associated with growth and that's always better than challenges associated with decline.
0: I I think that that is a a huge key aspect and I'm sorry to interrupt, but I, I, I just want to maybe highlight that a little bit more. And if everybody could just imagine, if your chamber didn't exist and wasn't there to support the small businesses, the people that were struggling, the, the, all the confusion of information that was coming out there, what would our national economy look like right now? I think you make a great point, Derek, as far as the chambers across the country were in the business of saving the economy. And if you take if you take chambers out of that equation what would our national and local economies look like right now? It would be very different, I can guarantee. It's scary to think about, and I'm glad we don't have to think about it. That's right.
1: Um, And by the way, I'm sure that the Salt Lake Chamber is not unique in this, but uh, we saw record membership growth through the pandemic, record member retention through the pandemic, record um, revenue. During the pandemic, and I can tell you, that's not that was not predictable. We were not feeling that way <laughs> in March of 2020, when we got together and revised our budget and said, uh, "Let's let's try to be conservative. We don't know what's going to happen, but let's let's create a budget that's 50 percent of of what we thought our revenue was going to be." And then we ended the year at above 100 percent. And, and we're grateful for it. And it speaks completely to a recognition of the business community, I, I believe, like never before, of the value of Chambers. So, again, you know, in, in tough times, leaders step up. And we had Chamber leaders all across the country
0: stepping up. Absolutely. So I didn't mean to distract you from your, your response to my question of uh, of how you guys responded there at the Salt Lake Chamber, but I thought that was important to to just shine a little more light on.
1: Well, I'll I'll just I'll answer the question by by telling a, a quick story. Um, you know, in March of 2020, there were states across the country that were creating COVID response task forces whatever they called them, it was something that they were putting together and how they were gonna deal with the pandemic. I'm sure that all 50 states had something like that. Uh, I'm not sure that all 50 states did what Utah did, which was in addition to creating a COVID health response task uh, force, we also created in Utah an economic response task force. And this was something that our governor uh, created to work hand in hand with the COVID response task force. And um, our governor wanted this to be uh, a a group of public sector and private sector individuals, but he wanted it to be private sector led. And so he asked me if I would be the chair of the state's uh, economic response task force, which of course I was honored to be able to do. The Salt Lake Chamber, my team, my staff, in essence became the staff for the state of Utah's economic response. So we created a website that became the state's official COVID website. We created a rapid response team um, to help businesses get information that they needed, whether it was about PPE or PPP or anything in between, And that rapid response team became the official rapid response team for the state. We created a program, and this is one of the programs that you referenced, Brandon, that we highlighted in our Chamber of the Year application. And the program was called Stay Safe to Stay Open. The premise of the program was that businesses wanted to keep their employees safe, wanted to keep their customers safe, and wanted to keep their doors open. So in partnership with the Utah Department of Health, the Salt Lake Chamber created a simple, straightforward list of seven guidelines to follow. There are things that we would all know about, like social distancing and wearing masks when in public and hand washing and stay home when sick and temperature checks, et cetera, et cetera. And a big part of this program was injecting confidence into consumers because It's one thing for a business to be able to have its doors open, but it's a completely different thing for consumers to feel confident enough to walk through those doors and engage in that business and engage in the economy. And without having open doors and consumers walking through them, the economy would not work. It's as simple as that. And so that program that was started at the Salt Lake Chamber, specifically for our members, uh, just like the website, just like the webinars, uh, just like so many other things, the state of Utah came to the Salt Lake Chamber and said, we would like to make this the official program of the state of Utah. So in very short order, we ramped up a call center for outbound calls to business leaders. We ramped up an a, a, uh, on-the-road team, got some vans, wrapped them with the stay safe to stay open Um, collateral and had them traveling around the state, holding press conferences with mayors, with city council members, uh, with other local businesses promoting this program. And and at the end of the day, uh, I'm just beyond delighted to say that we had over 10,000 businesses that took the pledge, were able to put in in their storefront window or at a counter a sign stay safe to stay open, what they were doing to keep their employees and their customers safe. And I I really believe that it, it made all the difference for Utah in keeping our economy open. And, and now, now today, Brandon, as, as you and I hold this podcast, Utah is once again the fastest growing economy in the country with the highest per capita job growth and this tied for second for the lowest unemployment
0: rate. Wow, that does it speaks volumes to that that program and being able to, I would say barely miss a beat. I mean, I think everybody skipped a beat for a minute there in uh, you know March and April, but um, you guys have been able to pick it right back up. So i I, I imagine as uh, as these 10,000 plus businesses took this pledge and and got their um, yeah, the signage to put up at their their businesses that, that would also take it to uh, to social media, I'm sure, since a lot of people weren't going out and uh, were, you know, maybe a little fearful of what to expect as they went out in the community, and being able to to share that and put it out on on their social networks and that those people that follow follow them online to be able to see that they have taken this pledge, they're doing, they've implored these. Uh, or employ these safe practices to, to stay open and, and really build that confidence, I think is at the heart of that. Um, did, did you see any, uh, I don't know, as you dive in or, or just casually, <laughs> did you see any of those stories or anything of, of uh, business being driven back in from just having that confidence built back up?
1: Well, certainly, as you mentioned, social media was a big part of it. And I would say traditional and earned media was it was a big part of it as well and uh you know unfortunately we all saw um division during the pandemic where for whatever reason and, and honestly I can't wrap my mind around why but for whatever reason you had people on one side saying uh everyone should just hide in their basement and if you know if we just if nobody goes anywhere for a month and everything will be better. And, you know, that was unrealistic. And, and then you had on the other side, people saying, Oh, nothing's wrong. Everything's fine. Yeah. You know, this is, this is less than the flu and people aren't really getting sick. And it, it just became unnecessarily divisive. And, um, and, and we saw that happening in parts of the country and we really asked ourselves on this economic response task force that I mentioned, how we could avoid that. And, um, you know, we, 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 we tried very uh, hard to make sure that we would strike a balance between how do we protect lives and livelihoods. And it's, it was just unfortunate to see some people position that as an either or, or a mutually exclusive choice. When we know that's not true. In in fact, not only is it not mutually exclusive, those two elements are mutually supportive. You mm-hmm. can't have one without the other. And I'm not saying that we, you know, were able to strike that balance perfectly, but you know, I think the fact that we had that intention from the outset served us very well.
0: Well, that's uh, one of those purposes of how a chamber should operate is to be that sane center, right? And bring everybody. To, to kind of meet in the middle and say we don't need to hunker down in the basements but there really is a problem and let's go about this you know safely so it sounds like you guys did well at least with that that mission to uh to restore that balance uh, let's uh let's shift gears a little bit and and focus on the other uh program that you put on your application around workforce resilience if you'd like to take a few moments and, and tell us about that
1: So Workforce Resilience is um, part of our chamber foundation, the Utah Community Builders. And maybe I'll just take a moment to talk about the foundation to to give the context for this program. Uh, A couple of years ago, we started a foundation at the Salt Lake Chamber. We hadn't had one before. And it was really born out of the idea that so many business leaders care more about the, just the bottom line obviously they do care about the bottom line but they care about their community as well and they care about social issues that may not in the past have been part of the of a chamber's traditional playbook so when I think about the work of the chamber we have our foundational issues I don't think they'll ever change at least not in my lifetime you know it's taxation it's regulation it's transportation it's education as I said these things are foundational. But we find more and more our members they care about other issues like air quality. They care about social justice issues. They care about gender wage gap. Um, They they care about, uh, and and this is to the program, they care about mental fitness of their employees. You know, perhaps there was a time uh, when when a, a business owner or a CEO could say, hey, Keep your personal problems at home. We don't want to hear about it. We don't want to know about it. It doesn't impact us. And if that time ever existed, it's it's gone. And the reason we know it's gone is because, you know, think just a few years ago, we were hearing reports in the media about high school students, the highest rates of anxiety, highest rates of depression, sadly, higher rates of suicide. And, and then we heard a few years later, now college students, highest rates of anxiety, highest rates of depression, higher rates of suicide. Well, guess what? Those high school students that became college students are now becoming our employees. And their problems didn't go away. The challenges they, they're facing didn't go away. In fact, during the pandemic, if anything, they were just heightened and, and made more acute. So we, we, through our foundation, wanted to talk to business leaders about how we could give them some tools for uh, a, a number of things. First of all, uh, making sure they were aware of what they could access through their healthcare plans that would help their employees. Number two, taking away the stigma about talking uh, in talking about these issues. And and then number three, uh, help their employees know what other resources they could access, and that was important to us because you know Brandon, we're not an expert on this. Um, We're just we're a chamber of commerce. We're not a hospital. We're not a mental health provider or counselor. So it was so important for us to go make partnerships with people in both the public and the private sector. So on the public side. We have a state task force uh, on suicide prevention that we partnered with. Of course, in the private sector, there are many great resources. One of them here in Utah is a group called Blue Novus. Another one is a group called Room Here. And they provide this kind of mental fitness counseling that can be so helpful. And the first thing that we've produced out of this is um, a suicide prevention toolkit that is directly uh, directed specifically towards uh, employers whether they're the ceo or whether they're the hr manager again just to raise awareness on this issue and understand all of the resources that exist
0: i love that the whole idea around mental fitness and it's a topic that i feel like doesn't get addressed enough but we see it throughout the news we see it in our children um, just the those higher levels of anxiety and, and depression and, and everything that you're talking about. um, I, So I, I'm hopeful and, and I don't know, maybe you can speak to it a little bit as far as the employers go and kind of being more aware of mental fitness. Is there programming to speak to this before now you mentioned the, the suicide prevention and everything, but I, I also think once you get to that point where you're, where somebody is contemplating suicide, there's several layers before that, where you, you would hope that help could be there and support could be there. Um, In some of these partnerships, are there, are there ways to kind of flag some of those things to to help those individuals?
1: Yes. And that's exactly the approach that we're taking to it. Um, we know that the suicide or self-harm is the most serious thing that can happen. Um, and unfortunately, we also know that unfortunately, that happens in the workplace, and and so that's where we decided to start our efforts, sort of you know at the end of the row, and then and then move yeah. backward. Um, so we wanted to tackle the 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 most serious challenge out there. But you're absolutely right. There's there's so many things that lead up to that point in a person's life, and and so this is a heavy topic and, and we wanted to approach it with sensitivity. But as you know, an employer, I mean, you couldn't imagine anything worse happening to you or your team if that were to occur. So so they, wanna, they want to know how to respond, but just so often they, they don't know how. And this toolkit is designed to help them to know how. And, and then from there, uh, this is an, an effort that we've just begun in the last few months. And so from there we can start moving backwards and, and dealing with some of these other issues, uh, that are less severe, uh, like the depression, like the anxiety.
0: Yeah. So I think that's, uh, it, I think it's pretty neat that you guys recognize this need, um, in society and specifically in your community to have this mental fitness awareness. And although recognizing you guys aren't the experts. But you're able to create those partnerships, both on the public and private sector, to be able to roll out programming to to help these employers and the and employees in the workforce to address. You know this that's what's so cool topic.
1: about. Sorry to interrupt, no, Brandon, I good. was just going to say that's what's so cool about working at a chamber, because you know you're you're the center, yeah. um, you know you're the common ground. So and you have access to almost anything you could ever want. So it's, it, you know, it's it's really a, a nice space to work in because you can see these challenges and then you can realize I don't have to be the expert in this because I have access to the experts and you can bring them all together around the table. And, you know, that's on any number of challenges. You know, we talked about a couple, you know, the pandemic and, and mental fitness, but, you know, there's not a challenge out there that if you get the right people around the table, uh, you, you can't formulate a, plan and a strategy and get to work and overcome.
0: Absolutely. So I know we need to start wrapping things up here a little bit, but I wanted to ask you, and this may have nothing to do with what was on your chamber of the year application, but being that you guys have been selected as a finalist for, you know, a couple times now, um, there's something that you guys are doing there at the Salt Lake chamber that that's making you stand out. Um, I'd like to know from your perspective, what is it that you guys are doing there? What's that that secret sauce, if you will, that others might be able to learn something from?
1: You know, one of the things that I, I'm I'm really pleased that we were able to do just as we were going into the pandemic, it had nothing to do with our response to COVID because it was pre-COVID, but it ended up being a, a, a really important tool that we had. Um, and that was a, a radio program that we, on our local radio station that has a statewide reach, uh, KSL is 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 the radio station, and there was a program uh, called Speaking on Business that one of my predecessors, uh, a gentleman named Fred Ball, who who recently passed away, but he was the president and CEO of the Salt Lake Chamber for like 40 years. So I mean, everybody wow. knew Fred Ball, and even if you weren't involved with the chamber, you knew him because he did this radio program that he called uh, Speaking on Business. So if you ever if even today you go around and say oh you know I work I work for the Salt Lake Chamber people will say oh Fred Ball speaking on business and one of the things I'm really excited about that we've been able to do the past year and a half is that we revived that radio program in partnership with KSL the speaking on business radio program I don't have quite the radio voice that Fred Ball did but I'm trying my best and we're starting, you know, people remember it. And, and more and more as I get out into the community and I introduce myself, people say, oh, yeah, I heard you on the radio. You're the new Fred Ball.
0: <laughs> Quite the compliment, right? It is a high, <laughs>
1: high compliment for sure.
0: That's awesome. Yeah, I'm a, obviously been in the podcasting space. I'm a huge advocate for Chambers producing podcasts and getting out there, but a radio program is right up that same alley to where you're able to connect with the the greater community, uh, kind of share some of the work that the chamber's doing, share what's going on, events, programming, um, anything that needs to be brought to the community's attention, that's a great platform. And that's
1: exactly what we do, as well as highlight our members' successes, because people love to hear these stories about cool companies yeah. That they've never heard of before, that are doing really neat things. And then as I mentioned, it, it became a really important tool for us during the pandemic. For for about the first six months, we dedicated a, all of the speaking on business. It, it runs three times a day at noon and then at morning and evening drive time. And we dedicated all of all of those spots every day for about six months to highlighting what businesses were doing to innovate their business to get through the pandemic. And it, it did two things. Number one, it gave other businesses ideas of what they could do. For example, we had a ski shop. I mean, it's Utah. So we, we have lots of, lots of skiing and lots of ski shops. We had a ski shop that completely almost overnight changed over their manufacturing process. So instead of producing skis, they were producing personal protective equipment. And, um, you know, that's one of, of thousands of stories about businesses that were innovating during this challenging time, not just to keep, not just to stay in business and keep their people employed, but to actually contribute to the to the good of overcoming the yeah. pandemic. And but the second thing that it did, and I, I really believe this was paramount in importance, is that everyone that was listening to that radio program thought oh, we're going to get through this. We're going to get through it. Yeah. Think about, listen to what this person just said about what she's doing or what he's doing to get through this. If this person can do that, I can do it. Yeah. And we just can't understate um, how important that injection confidence into the system was.
0: Absolutely. That, that, is, that is a great perspective to, to bring to that. And I love that you guys are doing the radio program. Uh, What would be maybe one tip or action item that you could suggest for anyone in the audience that they can do to maybe help elevate their chamber up to the next level?
1: You know, Brandon, that's probably the hardest question that you've asked me. Uh, You shouldn't have saved the heart. You should have asked the hard question at the beginning. Uh, And the reason I say that is because, I mean, my gosh, I get on these calls with my colleagues around the country. And I'm just so impressed with everything that they do. And I'm I'm the newbie, I'm the novice in all of this. You know, I've been in my position for just over three years at, at the Salt Lake Chamber, and 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 then before that, I had a career in and out of out of government. I, I love hearing from all of my colleagues, and I would I I'd be hard pressed to give them any idea that they could ever come up with. I I, I suppose what I'd really like to say is um how grateful I am that every week, sometimes even more often, we've been able to come together as chamber executives and hear from each other. Just as I talked about, you know, these business leaders listening to our speaking on business radio program and getting ideas and instilling confidence. That's exactly what it did for me to come together and to hear from my colleagues and what they were doing around the country. Um, it, it, it gave me, you know, it was like an adrenaline shot every week and I'll just be forever grateful for it.
0: Absolutely. I, I totally agree with that. And that's the whole reason why I do this podcast is to help share those perspectives from other, other chambers around the country. Um, so I like asking this question to everyone that I have on the show, and I know I asked it to you a couple of years ago when you were on, but as we look to the future of Chambers, how do you see the future of Chambers and their purpose moving forward?
1: So I'm, I'm going to try to answer this quickly because I know we're running short on time, but just this week on, on Tuesday, we launched at the Chamber something we're really excited about. And we call it the Wasatch Innovation Network. Um, Wasatch is in reference to the the mountain range where eighty um, percent of Utah's population lives along an eighty mile corridor. That's uh, that on one side is the Great Salt Lake and Utah Lake, and on the other side is the Wa- or the Wasatch Mountains. So this is where eighty to eighty five percent of our population lives, and as you would expect, about eighty to eighty five percent of the businesses are located. And so the Wasatch Innovation Network is what I believe is the future of Chambers, which is think if you think about all the innovation that's happening, most of the time people think about innovation and they think of the tech sector, which is certainly true, but often we forget the innovation that's happening in, in all the other industries like aerospace, the innovation that's happening in manufacturing, the innovation that's happening in healthcare, the innovation that's happening in finance, And we at the Salt Lake Chamber wanted to create a group that would uh, do two things. Number one, harness and share that innovation in a lateral strategy that crossed industry rather than within industry silos. And then number two, in addition to harnessing and sharing it, we wanna promote it. And we wanna promote the Wasatch Innovation Corridor or network as a place to rec- recruit more talent, to recruit more innovation, to re- recruit and help grow our businesses here. And um, and, and I believe that's the future of, of the chamber is to, and and frankly, it's our past and our present. So it's no surprise that it's also our future to continue to act as the common ground where all of those industry leaders, along uh with higher education leaders, along with government leaders. You know, when I I go to lots of meetings, I'm sure you do, and I'm sure everyone who listens to this podcast, but there's only one meeting every month that I go to where there are government leaders, education leaders, nonprofit leaders, civic leaders, and business leaders all together in the same room, and that's at the Chamber of Commerce meeting.
0: Absolutely, well said. I love the idea of uh, just being aware and alert of the innovations that are happening in all the different industries and to be able to harness and share that and then promote it to uh, to recruit more of it in your communities. Uh, Derek, I've enjoyed visiting with you again here on the podcast. I wanted to give you an op uh, the opportunity to put any contact information out there if there's any of those, you know chamber execs or or just you know chamber people you know throughout the country that would like to reach out and connect and learn more about how you're doing things there in Salt Lake what would be the best way for them to reach out and connect
1: you you can always find me on our website which is slchamber.com slchamber.com or you can reach out to me uh, directly at d miller that's my first initial letter d m i l l e r at slchamber.com love to hear from my colleagues
0: very good and i will get that in our show notes for this episode at chamber at slash episode 142 but i as always it's great to visit with you um, wish you in the salt lake chamber best of luck with with chamber of the year and thank you for sharing these insights and how you guys are doing things there in, in uh, utah i wasn't say the salt lake area but really in utah with us I really do appreciate the conversation today. Thank you, Brandon. Appreciate the opportunity. If you are a Chamber professional, please subscribe to Chamber Chat Podcast in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. When you subscribe to Chamber Chat Podcast, new episodes will show up in your podcast app each week as they are released. If you're finding value in this podcast, please leave us a rating and a review in iTunes. But most importantly, please share Chamber Chat Podcast with your colleagues that are in the industry. Hey, this is Izzy, publisher of the Chamber Pros Planner, a weekly monthly planner featuring weekly meeting notes, habit tracking, and 12-week goals. Last year, Emily Roberts of the Madison Area Chamber commented in the Chamber Pros Facebook group, This is my first time getting this planner, and it's great. It's specific for chamber professional, and it has lots of notes room. Check out Izzy West's website to get a better picture of it. So you'd heard her, go to the Izzy West. Dot com to learn more about the Chamber Post Planner. I have a video you can watch of me slowly flipping through the book so you can decide if it's right
1: for you.